Hey guys, what's up? It's Vi. Before we get started with this week's episode, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about our presenting sponsor, Anchor. So if you're wondering how Ari and I got started with podcasting, it's all thanks to this awesome tool called Anchor. They gave us a platform to record, edit, and distribute our podcast right from our phones or computers. And they're free. I know. They helped us get Everything Sucks Drink Wine uploaded to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other channels without having us do any of the work. And they're our first sponsor. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your podcasting career, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Sucks Drink Wine. I'm Aria. We are back. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm fine. <laughs> we, we've tried to, we've come back to reintroducing ourselves uh, very recently as of episode, the last episode. So I, because there's forget. a lot of new toxic men listening to our podcast now that that one TikTok has popped off. So welcome, Bro. toxic men. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for the follows on TikTok. The fact that this, that TikTok is still blank. I checked it this morning. It was like 50 more notifications. It was just one guy that kept replying to yes! did you see that yes, i did see that i saw that in the morning i was like oh my god king just keeps going he hates us he just hates us and i was like okay we whatever. found a hater bubby we made it dude we have a whole bunch of men that just hate us now but it's fine That's you know fine. it's fine if you're not pissing men off are you really doing anything correctly probably not <laughs> Okay, um, we're going to speed round blur because if you can't tell already from the amazing title, we have a, a fucking superstar amongst us today. So yes, we have our very first artist. I'm so I'm very excited. But before we introduce her, um, wine of the episode. Yes. You want to take it away, Bubsters? Oh, yes, yes. So this is a number one Sauvignon. It's a Sauvignon Blanc but from Ooh. Ubi vineyards the type of sauvignon blanc is like gross monsang i don't know what that means but um cool it's a 2018 it's a white wine from france and according to vivino it is amongst the top three percent of wines in the world okay keep in mind there are a lot of fucking wines in the world (laughs) so there's there are many tops but this is one of them um these okay whenever we go over these stats they're always vivino just because we're we're getting yeah. there <laughs> so last last we're week, not quite connoisseurs yet. <laughs> everything but the peach that bub had added <laughs> you know <laughs> um <laughs> this one no, actually the peach was from there too i just oh it was yeah it was it just it was just in a different section okay and i got confused because i read all the fruits except for peach and then i described <laughs> it as peachy <laughs> No, it's it's this one's nice though. Uh, I like it. Well, well, I was looking for a wine for Indian food, and it goes well with Indian food. It almost mm. makes it like sweeter, so um, is good. Would recommend. Um, I don't know where you can get it around you, but look it up on Vivino. You'll find it somewhere. Okay. <laughs> um, now that we've wrapped up that, <laughs> cool. Well, we'll we'll get to introducing our girl. Okay, a um, little bit 
about this woman if you haven't heard about her already. She's not only a TikTok sensation, she's also a up-and-coming, the most amazing artist ever, but also one of my high school best friends, which is the fucking weirdest thing. I'm so lucky to be in her presence. Um, cool, everyone. Welcome, Janani Krishnanja, or, or aka J Maya. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, you're going to make me cry with that intro. That means so well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. Oh my gosh. I'm such a fan of the show. Dude, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I mean, y'all are amazing. I, I mean, it's so cool. I love when my friends do things that are objectively awesome and <laughs> this is one of them like, the show is so cool i've loved following uh following you guys and this is awesome i'm very honored to be on thank you for having me of course yeah, this is so cool but yeah okay we have questions for you but um let's catch up what the heck is going on i haven't seen you in a minute how's quarantine i know like a lot of stuff has happened we'll talk about that but like what's life how's life <laughs> Oh man, I love that question. It is so thought provoking and <laughs> I'm probably gonna not really very deep. It's just gonna be like I've um well I've I mean quarantine has been so crazy. It's mm-hmm. I've been doing absolutely nothing and also changing everything about my life kind of simultaneously, which is like an odd experience that I think mm-hmm. is only reserved for something like quarantine. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, at the start of quarantine, I had just graduated college. Um, I was working full time in politics, which is kind of, you know, that's the path that I carved for myself. I went to undergrad, you know, I had been accepted to law school, I deferred for a couple of years to get some political experience. So everything was kind of according to plan. And then as you guys know, um, everything kind of erupted <laughs> into this, I don't know, like yes. spontaneous <laughs> bubble. And um, through a series of fortunate events, I <laughs> was able to <laughs> shed uh, shed my political background and, and just jump full time into music. And so I'm so grateful for it. It is also so weird to move to LA during a pandemic where I don't know anybody and the city is very dead and there's lots of poop on the street and you're like wow welcome to Hollywood um but I'm nothing I feel nothing but grateful I mean but the thing is like on a day-to-day I've just been like kind of just chilling and I'm waiting for things to open up so I can like see people again and yeah that's how it's been it's been like weird and sad and awesome and exciting I don't know what about you guys um well quarantine well I also graduated during the pandemic it was exciting uh fun fact my school decided to do our graduation in September now like after the class of 2021 is graduated I was a little bit bitter about that because I went back to campus on the weekend and they had the whole cathedral lit up with like class of 2021 and we got nothing upset I got a powerpoint slide (laughs) but yeah so that happened and then I kind of also switched careers but a little less drastic (laughs) I went from kind of like a pre-health path to more of like a bank job. Cool. And then I've just been chilling. You know, my sister got married. Ah! Um, yeah, that happened. Ooh. A lot of like family events have happened during quarantine. But I feel like me, I've just been kind of just chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, congratulations. Oh, That's so exciting. Oh, thank you. Dude, the wedding was unreal. Like oh, I can't because obviously it was like a pandemic wedding. And this was like almost near second wave. Mm-hmm. Um, well, third wave yeah no it happened in december yeah Yeah. so i can't even remember now (laughs) (laughs) so i mean like you could 
talk about this too, but like everything was booked, dude. And then mm. it like the venue canceled. Yeah, they told us two weeks before the wedding that the restrictions in uh, Pennsylvania had gotten like higher. So then we they, we couldn't have more than two people at the wedding. I was like, so like the family can't show up. It just has to be the husband and the bride. That's so, crazy. <laughs> That's so strange. So then we just kind of built a mundup in my living room. And we had the whole, like, all the ceremonies in the house. Oh, my gosh. That must have been very interesting. plan. Like, really stressful yeah. to put together. Yeah, it was. But then everyone just really pitched in. Oh. And it was honestly a lot of fun doing all of it. I felt like because it was more of, a, like, an intimate event, like, it just felt more real. And it felt so, more, so much more, like, comforting than stressful yeah. because, like, everyone was around. Everyone was, like, pitching in. Everyone was really close. And it was just a good vibe. Oh, no, yeah. Dude, also, this fund up, if we're able, I'll show you a picture. You will not believe that that is a living room. Like, it dead ass looks like an actual thing, like a full on, like, temple or like a like a center like a thing like it's weird um i we forgot because like it took a second for all of those the, all the stuff to go away and so mm-hmm. when the couches came back i was still with her for like a month after that but i was we we're like where how did how did this all just happen and now we're just chilling on the couch over here the weirdest thing was watching back the wedding video while sitting on the couches in the living room and seeing what the living room was when that happened and you're like oh my god oh, okay yeah that happened that <laughs> was forgot. unreal no i would be like disoriented for like years <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I certainly it. <laughs> <This is> awesome <laughs> um trying to think of what's up with me i honestly i feel like you guys had a lot of life-changing sort of stuff going on <laughs> and then there's just me who worked and then changed jobs <laughs> so just yeah, like yeah, yeah, more cool. I know, but you guys changed career paths like completely you took a left turn like um but I mean that's awesome like super super cool uh I wish I did stuff cooler but like I did surprisingly like get to like travel a little bit like not travel Ooh. travel but just more camp out at my friends' houses um, for like yeah. months, <laughs> so that was nice. Um, yeah, I love that. I had to, and now I just got my second vaccine. We're good. We're good to go. I'm so ready. Um, but yeah, that's what's been Aww. up with me. I know. It's so cool. Which vaccine okay. did you get? Oh, the Pfizer. Oh my god, that's gonna be a BuzzFeed quiz. What your uh vaccine says about you is gonna be a BuzzFeed quiz. Oh my god, it totally will be. And I'm gonna get Johnson yeah. Johnson and I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you get vaccinated, Janani? I did. I got I got my first dose. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. In LA, I don't like I it, it was hilarious actually. My sister sent me a link to this vaccine website the day that mm-hmm. they opened for adults mm-hmm. um yeah. and it was through this like really sketchy website i'd never heard of before and it didn't ask for any personal information and it was just like show up in two days to this site and get vaccinated and we were all my, <laughs> oh my convinced we were gonna get a scam vaccine we we're gonna show up and it was just gonna be like a hut and like <laughs> like no, oh, no. <laughs> We were really nervous. Oh my god! Like, totally fine. So that's how I got vaccinated, and I'm getting my second dose on May seventh. Ah, yay! Oh, do, you to, do you have to go back to LA? Well, I'm um, so I'm home for just the weekend, and I'm leaving mm-hmm. tomorrow. Oh. I know. I this is so ridiculous. I moved into my apartment like a week ago, and then I got homesick, and then I came home for. Oh, <laughs> and I'm leaving again tomorrow, so I'm going back to LA. Yeah. 
That's so cute. You're so adorable. I was so surprised by how short the flight was from LA to San Francisco because I haven't done that flight in many years because I was, you know, uh, going from the East Coast to San Francisco. So I remember my ticket said it was an hour and 40 minutes and we ended up like landing in 45 minutes. And I was like looking around and like genuinely asking people like, are we in San Francisco? Like, I was shook. <laughs> I mean, for a drive that without traffic would take six hours, that's that's really fast. It was so fast. I don't know. Maybe it's like an airway thing because there are like way less winds yeah. right now. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just sounding really idiotic and like it's the same. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, I guess that, that also so kind of makes sense because it takes 45 minutes for me to fly to New York and I would say that's a six oh. hour drive also. Oh. So I didn't know it was so short. Normal. Crazy. Yeah, it's really speedy. Yeah. Yeah, this flight is insane. Okay. Okay. So, Janani. Let's begin from the very beginning. How did this all happen? So you're in quarantine. I'm assuming you started TikTok. Is that how it started? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank <laughs> you for that question. So I I always say this because I think it's hilarious. I started TikTok as like a troll account. <laughs> I was like posting videos of me and my sister early in quarantine, just doing the silliest things you could imagine. Like one of our first viral videos was us twerking to my sister, like singing Les Mis. Like it was just not. It was- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so I, I like gained a tiny bit of a platform just doing silly videos. And then I started posting kind of, you know, different niches. So one of the areas I posted in was just like female empowerment. So I think one of my my first very viral video was um, a video of me talking about an experience I'd had in high school where somebody had told me that I was never going to if I wanted to do politics, the highest level I'd ever I'd ever get to was just being a first lady. And so I, I juxtaposed that with some of the accomplishments that I've had since and just was trying to say like Mm -hmm. if you're young and somebody's trying to tell you you can't do something just don't listen to them so Mm -hmm. actually the person who let that video get pretty viral was Mia Khalifa who's awesome shout out Mia Khalifa so she saw it oh my god he's awesome I know it was such a cool moment because especially like in terms of like brown women who have fought the patriarchy and are really paving their own path I thought was really inspiring and so that, that video mm-hmm. kind of got my account some attention. And then I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I really do love creating content. So I was creating content along that line of like female empowerment, political advocacy, and then simultaneously posting some of my original music. And the truth is, there was this period of a time where I was getting, you know, not a ton of attention for my music stuff. But, you know, I was, uh, there was like mm-hmm. a couple of weeks where uh, Machine Gun Kelly reposted some of my uh covers the lumineers we posted my so, covers wow. it, was, it was really cool like artists i really looked up to and and that's when the wheels started kind of mm-hmm. turning for me like oh well maybe you know music is something i've always been extraordinarily passionate about but i never had enough confidence in myself to seriously pursue it so i i started to you know mm-hmm. sit down and take it more seriously and uh, I always say this, actually, I didn't have a ton of followers when I got my first big opportunity to come down to LA and start working with people like and that's what I think is really great about the music community in LA is it's so collaborative. And it, you know, there are always mm-hmm. going to be people who are like, I like what you're doing, like, come, let's work together, you know, even if you don't have the quote unquote clout, which is something I really appreciate mm-hmm. about, you know, the industry. So I got, to, you know, I had this opportunity, somebody reached out to me that I, you know, was had really looked up to for many years said, come down, let's create together. 
I was like, bet. Um, my sister at the time was at USC. So I was like, oh, I'll just chill on her couch for a week and, yeah. you know, just That's see nice. where this leads. And I literally had mm-hmm. to come drive home after a week and I ended up staying in LA on and off for four months. And that's kind of oh how it happened. <laughs> it's so, it's, I, I literally like never had enough clothes because I was, I never planned ahead enough. So I was always rewearing. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a, you know, an adventure because um, what I was doing was I came down, I said, I'm going to write music because I'm a songwriter. So I'm going to write music for anyone who's going to let me write mm-hmm. music for them, right? I'm going to work with anyone who's going to let me work with them and then hustled my way to more and more connections. And then eventually I had developed some connections where I felt comfortable actually working with people on my own music. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, through that those experiences, I, I found um, the opportunity to produce out one of the songs that I really loved, which was Achilles heel on a whim. One day I decided to post a demo of it on TikTok, and mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. classic story. It went super viral and it got tons of views across different platforms, attention from like Rick Riordan and Alexandra Bracken, who are, you know, I really look up to. And, um, and then I put it out and yeah. And then everything has kind of spiraled since. (laughs) Sorry, that was a long answer. (laughs) No, no, no. I loved it. That is so amazing. I think it's awesome that like, whenever you started getting a platform, you started utilizing it. Cause I feel like a lot of people would just be like, oh, cool. Like this video went well, I'm just going to keep doing stuff. But I think it's really awesome that you like, used it to like pursue a passion that's mm-hmm. awesome oh thank you love that about tiktok it's like um what i always say is like tiktok's such a cool place to see what people are thinking about what you're doing so like even now i'll always post like snippets and stuff on tiktok and just really try to get a sense for like what people like what people don't like and that's something that's really cool about 21st century social media is you have that kind of focus group at your at your disposal you know yeah yeah no 100 percent um, well, yeah, I will touch into like more about like music and the songs that you put out, which I'm absolutely obsessed with the fact that you can just come up with songs and post them. <laughs> like, how does that how does that happen? I really want to talk about that. But I want to ask you, you mentioned that you moved away from or like you put your law career on pause for now. Um, what did that look like? And as a brown woman, how is that conversation with your parents? Oh my gosh. No, thank you so much for that question. And I, I love talking about this with other brown women because I feel mm-hmm. like it's something I don't talk about a ton, you know, because it's like <laughs> a very specific experience, you know, being. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Being raised in a very, in, in a certain community. And so I always say like, so right, so right now the way that I'm kind of viewing my music career is like, I'm very grateful to be pursuing this full time and to be making this career shift simultaneously I am grateful for every other opportunity I had like prior to that because I think that's part of this as well as like Mm -hmm. I am the person I am because of the experiences that I had and I don't think I would be for example I don't think I'd be as good of a songwriter if I hadn't studied what I'd studied in college and like been really invested in like civil rights legal advocacy and like I really do you know maybe not right now my my music is more just like artistic but eventually I do really want to create music that has that spirit in it as well so I'm really grateful for for that education um and yeah, it was, it was really, it was really hard. I, I think the first thing that was really hard was figuring it out for myself. Cause I, I'm someone who's very, like, I'm very admittedly, you know, stressed and anxious about doing the quote unquote right thing all the time. And it was mm-hmm. a very difficult position to 
you know, have everybody telling you different things and being incapable of deciphering what it is you want for yourself. Because I, I, because like, I'm very, I'm considered pretty old in like the music world, like to, to have come to the decision that I want to pursue music what? at the time. I know it sounds crazy, crazy but like, you know, like this babies industry, in my head. <laughs> I know, right? But like so many people who are in the music industry, like they're, what I'm trying to say is maybe not too old, to, like old to start, but old to know. I feel like everyone that I talk mm-hmm. to, they were like, "Yeah, music was always was always the end goal, right? Like this is right. when I was 15. I knew that this was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and I just didn't ha- hadn't had that experience because I hadn't allowed myself to even consider that as a possibility. When I was like 15, 16, I loved music. It was like the thing that I loved more than anything. I loved writing songs. I loved singing, but I never really shared what I was doing with anyone. And I never had enough confidence to even think, could this be something I could do for the rest of my life and something that I could like really devote myself to. And I think part of that is growing up brown and growing up in a community where like that level of creative self-expression wasn't really encouraged. So I think it it was something that I I took a lot of time to come to terms with was like, this is what I want to do. You know, like this is who I am Mm -hmm. and to allow myself the space and the bravery to say, I'm going to actually listen to that voice inside that's telling me to do this. And I found that actually once I had Mm -hmm. that decision, my parents were on board because they know they know me and they know that I was not going to do something that I was like kind of sure, you know, kind of felt good about. Like I had to be pretty darn sure right. something right. to do it. So once I allowed myself that level of mm-hmm. trust, I think it was natural that they supported me. So how did you get to the place where you felt like comfortable and confident in yourself to make such a big jump? Because it's not easy, especially because I feel like a lot of people would be wary, which would if you're anything like anxious like you said like that would probably make you more wary also yeah I love that question I think it's so I always say this it's so silly to me sometimes but I was like a secret songwriter for Mm -hmm. years years so I my experience with songwriting was I've I've written songs since I was in high school I just never oh, wow. told anyone that I was writing music. I mean, the funny thing is, Vajanti, like, we were best friends in all throughout high mm-hmm. school. Like, you know, and I'm sure you didn't even know. Like, there, the, you would have been, no, I know. No. And even I, even you didn't really know that I was writing music because I didn't tell, I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my friends. Like, there's nobody that I told that I was writing music because I was so, gotcha. you know, insecure about it. And I just, like, didn't think it was very good. And so... When I came to college, I was still a secret songwriter. I was more like I started doing singing more, but I would never show anyone what I wrote for two reasons. The first was just like generally like I didn't really see anyone who looked like me doing that successfully. And so I didn't really have a lot of role models saying like, this is okay. Like you can be a brown girl who's interested in different things. And one of those things can be songwriting. And then the second is this the stuff that I was writing because it really was just like a therapy for me like I would go down to the practice room in my college dorm and write from like 1am to 3am after I finished all my homework like it was a very therapeutic exercise and as a result the music was so vulnerable and it was like about everything Mm -hmm. that was it was just a direct reflection of what was going on in my life and so Mm -hmm. um and the thing is like this is also part of it as well like um right now you know a lot of the music that I have in the vault that I haven't released comes from that period and it's very messy it's it's stuff about how about dating like I was dating in college Mm -hmm. I I was like struggles with that and struggles with like who I who am I as a person who like and it's not like fun neatly packaged music it like talks about really dark 
stuff. And so it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if anyone would want to hear stuff like that from me as even if Mm. I had the courage to share stuff that was so vulnerable. So there was a lot that was kind of getting in my way. And then to go from that to then now being a professional songwriter where like all everything that I write is like either I I put it online or I share it with other artists. And I'm like now getting to a place where I'm going to be releasing music that is super, super vulnerable to who I am. Like, it's, it's definitely been a journey and I think it is still a very continuous journey, but I think the confidence from that comes with just the, the like love and how just genuine and authentic that love for songwriting was. And the way that I see it, like this music that I've written at some level, once you write it, 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 it exists out of you. So like, that's, I think been really like a special thing as well as to just say like music is really magical and like there is, there's val- inherently value in what I'm creating because there's inherently value in everything that anyone ever creates because like just the art of creating music mm-hmm. is so special and such a gift. And I think affording that compassion to myself to say, you know what, there is value in what you're writing. And if people resonate with it, people resonate with it and you should like let them resonate with it. I think that was like a, a really special way to like increase my confidence is like taking myself out of it almost and just thinking of the music as something that exists by itself and just something that you contribute to and foster. <laughs> wow. That was so eloquently said. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Not to get all like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, dude, like all of this in like, I think for young women specifically and our audience is very like female heavy and especially like a yeah. women of color. So kind of like that message of following your dreams almost and like trusting your gut even like even when like society has told you kind of like okay fit into this box and you've already almost made that step into that box but you're like you know what I really love this I'm doing pretty okay at it I'm just gonna do it like and like do really well at it and like I think taking that step is really hard but so powerful and I'm like so glad that you're able to kind of like you're like the best example of that working out so that's amazing thank you so much and it means to hear you say that and I think what you're like when it's authentic and real like people see that and it like Mm -hmm. I wish I wish more young brown women felt comfortable being who they are and saying what they want to say and doing what they want to do and I think it takes shows like this to like you know offer those you know you two as role models for people who are like yeah like live your authentic truth like it it's really exciting to see that there's like this cultural movement toward that absolutely oh this is so wholesome i know this is really sweet (laughs) okay so we talked a little bit about you writing songs about dating and stuff um so with that in mind or an achilles heel in mind who are kind of like your inspirations what are your inspirations when you are like getting pen on paper Ooh, i love that question um, so a lot of my songs are about, um, my, uh, struggles with romance. <laughs> this whole podcast is about my struggles with romance. I totally get you. Um, you know, definitely I, I have songs that like run kind of the gamut and definitely like, it's like, there's like this hierarchy of like the, the sadder and darker and the the like more <laughs> and the more I'm like no, no, no but I think um yeah. yeah I mean like college was just such a formative experience like formative time for me where I was like really you know in mm-hmm. deep meaningful relationships for the first time in my life and 
you know, when you're young, like it's, that's a, that's, that's an area of your life that is very impactful. And it's super like, I think that's why, Mm -hmm. I mean, like to step outside of myself for a second and to think more about like the music industry at large, like the reason like songs like Driver's License, which was a cultural phenomenon, Mm -hmm. the reason they're so popular on top of Olivia Rodrigo, Mm -hmm. just a genuinely brilliant songwriter and, and Dan Nigro as well. You know, there's something about that experience of heartbreak that is so universal because there is not a single person on this planet mm-hmm. that doesn't experience heartbreak at some point in their life. And so right. um, I think like that was something that I wrote a lot about that I really resonated with in college. And um, all I mean, I will say this, like all of all of my songs, um, they they're like very real, like Achilles. Heel. It's not a fictional song. Like it comes from experiences in my life that caused me to write that. And that's why I think as a songwriter like I never for the entirety of my songwriting experience it's always been a direct reflection of what's going on in my life and I think that I can't get out of that mm-hmm. anymore. like I saw this interview with Olivia O'Brien who I really I, I really respect her as a songwriter and she was saying like I literally don't know how to write songs that aren't about what I'm going through because that's all how I've always written songs and that's what feels most authentic so I, I resonate with that a little bit in that like mm-hmm. I, you know my I feel like my favorite and the songs that I've written are all all very like I can hear it and then I can be like okay I know exactly what was going on in my life that prompted that so to that end wow. um you know shitty guys <laughs> <laughs> there's a of them that exist I know so I hear some of those and I'm just like I'm just like I've felt that <laughs> on like a deep unfortunate level sometimes like, oh my god but you sing it like so like you put like metaphors to it that I'd never like even thought of I just think like oh I'm so sad but like the way you like sing about it I just love it I like and also oh my god I it's hard to like name off your TikToks but there was a song about meeting a guy or like seeing a guy across the bar um and like it was oh god you I don't even know like how to title it but I mean it's just like those scenario songs that I just like I'm in love with they're so cute they're so nice thank you oh I love that so much that is so sweet you say that I love metaphors so as a as a songwriter also like into to the the real life influences and then artistically like my biggest influences are like books and and stories And um, like uh, the someone was asking me to describe my sound the other day, and I said like I, I really like to think of my music as cinematic pop. And someone was like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "Well, I just want to write music that like you could imagine in a movie. Like I, I want you to hear a song that I write and then think like I can see that in a movie or a TV show. And like I I really mm-hmm. find a lot of inspiration in um in things that I I like when things describe other things really well." like analogies, yeah. good analogies. Yeah. like that's my that's my shit you know really good analogies really good love that, yeah. so I love when I find a, like almost all of my songwriting starts when I find a really good metaphor or a literary I call it a literary conceit mm-hmm. like a, a, a through line an image that's really striking so like for example um you know, one of the songs that I wrote uh, that I'm writing about right now is about like my experience with boxing and how like boxing is like a really good metaphor for like uh, female empowerment in certain ways. And like you, you being able to take 
boxing terminology and then apply it to like the language of empowerment. Like I'm not your knockout, but I'll knock you out. Like all of that stuff. Cause I also love puns. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by this whole like songwriting process because my brain does not work like this. I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm going to put this in like as straight words as possible. So like, Tell us a little bit more about like how the songwriting process works. Like, do you ever like, do you sit down and like, I'm ready to write a song or is it just something that kind of happens? You're doing something and you get an idea. Oh man. Um, Well, first of all, I do want to say you could be an amazing songwriter because Charlie Puth, I don't know if you, Charlie Puth, uh, how he's talked about his songwriting, but he always says that he strives to um, make all of his lyrics conversational And I think there's like, there's like a ton of room for uh, songwriting to kind of just be like a direct reflection of how you're feeling. So I just, I don't want you to knock yourself. (laughs) I'd love to hear your song. (laughs) Next episode, my first song will do. But I think um, for me, so as I mentioned, I really, I really love I mean books like I'm I'm a nerd mm-hmm. Vijanti will tell mm-hmm. me high school I was a nerd in college I was a nerd <laughs> I'm the most fun nerd like the best person to be around a little like the most genius human being but like not the most street smart at times oh, <laughs> that's yeah. what made her the best fucking person ever <laughs> I love like, that I know I also She's feel like-, like all throughout high school Bubby would tell me stories of would you be like really like random stuff that happened to you that wouldn't happen to anyone else like that cool <laughs> sprouse thing like Bro. I cannot get over the fact that that happened this this woman is like the the like epitome of serendipity like the things yeah. that will happen in her life that are like so like cute and amazing like it's just like whoa how does this happen but no it's it awesome so sweet no it's also like like I have a plethora of embarrassing stories that people are <laughs> happening in your head oh he's so cute oh my god yeah. <laughs> it's because I don't have enough <laughs> like I didn't learn how to be a human being because I was too much growing up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that so I just you know all of my favorite books. I think like they just like left something in me, which is just like words have you know words can convey so much more than you think they can when you know when used correctly. So for me, I I would say two things. The first thing is I am a big fan of songwriting discipline. So um, I I went Mm -hmm. through this thing in February where I forced myself to write a new song every single day. And I think it is like, I I firmly believe that like your creative muscles can be trained. So you can Mm -hmm. like sit down and, you know, be creative if you need to be. So that's something I really like as well. And also in the industry, the way that like songwriting happens is in sessions with people. So like you sit down with a lot, six hours and you meet with someone and you should be able to like create on the spot because that's how Mm -hmm. the job Mm -hmm. works. So, and especially like career songwriters, like they're expected to be in sessions pretty much every single day and creating on the spot. So it is something that you can train. Um, For me though, all of my, so I do, I have a ton of songs that I've written like that. All, all of my favorite songs just so happen to be songs where I'm like on a walk. I have this idea come to me. I take out my phone. I'll like do a rough draft. I call it a riff draft in my voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> <So awesome. laughs> and then I'll like listen back to it later and then like slowly put the parts together. But the way that I always 
think of it as like inspiration meets discipline, like the idea mm-hmm. or the metaphor maybe comes to you in, you know, like spontaneously, and then you sit down and you flesh it out. And that part takes a little mm-hmm. bit of like just flexing those trained muscles. So um, for Achilles heel, for example, this is a funny story. I, um, this, I, I told the story on TikTok and it's like a hundred percent true. So I was running to get to a boba shop before it closed on time. Oh, so before it closed. <laughs> So I was like literally running, 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 and I couldn't get there in time because my Achilles tendon started to hurt. And I had, oh, no. and that is literally how Achilles heel started because I said the words, I want to kill this Achilles heel. And then I turned to the person I was with. <laughs> I love how you speak in metaphors too. That's so awesome. That's I would be so like, ow. <laughs> like this hurts <laughs> this specific thing in my heel <laughs> that's so funny wait that's so cute okay so you wait you turn to somebody and you're like I want to kill this Achilles heel yeah and then and then immediately after I was like oh wouldn't that be a cool song idea where it's like the Achilles heel is like the person amazing <laughs> and then I think I the person I was like whatever yeah I guess <laughs> Even at the time, I was like, it's kind of dumb. I think that's the funny thing, too, is that if you don't have... So I wrote the whole... I wrote the hook. So I, I was, I sat down, and I was like, oh, I'm on Achilles. And then I recorded it, and then I sent it to my producer. And I, I literally... The, I think I saw the text, and the text was like, honestly, I don't really like this that much, but here, whatever. I wrote, what do you think? And then he was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, you should, you should post that. And I was like, okay. And then I posted it. <laughs> Oh, that is yeah. so cool and then the magic happened oh you guys are so sweet <laughs> how did you get into greek mythology how do you know so much that you can make a song out of it that's crazy <laughs> oh my gosh you're so cute my dad actually when i showed my dad the whole song for the first time it was this is such an mm-hmm. story he was like oh this is so in depth like how long did it take you to research everything for the song <laughs> i literally <laughs> this is all information that was was in my head and he was just no he was like what (laughs) um oh my god uh super into greek mythology in middle school funnily enough i literally this is so embarrassing i have books all over my house that are like greek mythology inspired because i'm still super into it but Mm -hmm. um rick riordan shout out daddy rick was my uh (laughs) gateway gateway drug into uh no i'm kidding he was like he was so um and i started like being obsessed with the percy jackson books i forced my parents to take yeah. me to a uh meetup and i didn't get tickets in time but i like w- was like okay if i wait in the parking lot then maybe i'll get to see him so they drove me all the way parking lot and I saw him and I couldn't talk to him because I was crying too hard and so I had to be like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) wait also but Percy Jackson is an elite series like it is just (laughs) so so good but no that's amazing I feel like that was one thing like that is where I kind of like dabbled in Greek mythology I wish I got into it more because I want to like more understand your song. <laughs> when I first heard the song, I was like, this sounds really cool. So I actually started like going in and looked up the lyrics. I was like, okay, what does this mean? And I like went down a rabbit hole of Greek mythology. And it was really fun, actually. You have no idea. No, I dead ass like know the lyrics, but I don't know what I'm saying. It's almost like singing like foreign music. Like, <laughs> just to go, like okay, like this is the song. Like, what am I, what am I saying by this line? Like, it's amazing. So so yeah, like you didn't do research, but it's like years and years of kind of research. 
the way that I say it is like I was literally like bullied for knowing Greek mythology in middle school and like oh. it's just like in my brain I was like one day I will avenge like <laughs> yes <laughs> wait that's amazing it's also so cool because I feel like something that's been really special is like um so the song found like Greek mythology fans around the world which was mm-hmm. super cool and you know obviously Rick Riordan you know the Riordans retweeted it and it, mm-hmm. it just like had a life of its own so a little cool. bit and um, something that's really cool is it's brought me, it's taught me a lot about like the current, how Greek mythology is like currently incorporated into society. So like, for example, mm. something like a lot of the people who love the songs are um, pagans who currently worship the Greek gods. And I learned a lot about that culture through the song because they were coming to the song as fans of the song. So mm-hmm. I that was really special. And like just realizing that there are a lot of us, there are a lot of Greek mythology fans who are like secretly living their lives and like come out <laughs> whenever they're going to come out you know <laughs> right i want to know more about your fans you have a whole fan page ma'am that is yes <laughs> the coolest thing like you how does what like wow first of all wow like <laughs> you have a fan page tell me more about how it is to have a group of people that a love you like that. Yeah, like, they're my i say online friends they're all my they're all my friends and that's really um, cute they're, it's a, they're so cute i'm obsessed with them and they um i there's this like one subset called the family i want to give them a shout out who are like really ride or dies like i'm obsessed with all of them they're so sweet and they they run the fan page and um they are just amazing people I mean this is like this is so I go live every day and I talk to Mm -hmm. my friends and you know we have this like little community that we've built that's so special and the fact that I've never ever had to step in and say like hey don't say that oh you know it's just like it so it means so much to me that like it just is authentically attracting people who are just great ass people and who are amazing and I really genuinely like look forward to going live every single day and talking to them and it's it's surreal in that it's like crazy to me that the reason that we've kind of found each other was something that I created you know what I mean like that's a very like crazy way to find people that you really vibe with is something is through something that you created but but at the same time it's like well now that we found each other like this community like I am they're just awesome people and like I Mm -hmm. so cool to think that you know it's like they really are like they really are my friends like they mean the world to me and they're without a doubt like the community that I built online and and this is like encompasses people that I see on lives just people who are commenting on my TikToks people who follow me just anybody who's like engaged with this content like I really do think of as like we're a little community and it's by far the best thing that I've found as a result of doing music and I think like as a this is something that I'm really excited like you know fingers crossed if I continue to grow when hopefully when I continue to grow like <laughs> no definitely you yeah. got this. <laughs> um you know it's something that I never want to ever lose is that sense mm-hmm. of like community and friendship that is built in these platforms and I just like I just want to give everyone if anyone's listening just like the biggest shout out like I I don't I I don't just say it like I really genuinely look up to you guys like you guys mean everything to me you're so special they're so talented like when people show me Mm -hmm. art that was inspired by Achilles heel it brings tears to my eyes because it's just like wow it's beautiful how art can inspire art you know so it just it yeah. brings me joy every day. So thank you for asking that question. I love talking about them. I feel like a mother and, and I like talking about my <laughs> That's so sweet. And look, I'm 
glad like you have that perspective. Mm. I feel like as like people grow, right? They lose sight of the kind of humble beginnings that we all sort of have and like keeping that sort of like community like feel. I feel like people just like more yeah. gravitate towards you and want to stick around. Like you said, like they're your friends, even though like that you met them online. Like these are people that we wouldn't have usually crossed paths with, but you are absolutely vibing with them. I think that's amazing. I also think it's so amazing how like nowadays it's become so easy to connect with people mm. like like you would have probably never run across any of these people now like before but then mm. now this happened and you just come across like a group of people who are so awesome who will like support you and stuff you're so right I love it I feel like also um to like step into like more of a societal perspective for a second first of all like I, I totally agree with you and I think that's such mm. a beautiful point where it's like the, the upside of technology that people don't talk about as much, which is like, it really can, it creates this opportunity for us to connect with people in this novel way. My amazing community, um, aside for a second, like in fandoms in general, um, mm-hmm. I think something that I've, and I've, I've also talked to people in, in my community about this. And like, just in general, something I've noticed is, you know, fandoms in general are so stigmatized and they have, get such mm-hmm. a bad mm-hmm. reputation of being like, it's for first of all misogyny like okay well it's just a ton of like young girls who are like you know like they don't really know better than to like worship some you know star and it's like you have like the music industry especially like I feel like there needs to be so much more respect for what fandoms do for the music industry like fandoms are like mini record labels like they themselves are like they're attracting people listeners like they're they're disseminating information and really like curated analysis about art to like thousands and thousands of of listeners and they get such a bad rap and it's trivialized so much and I think like Mm -hmm. what it means to be a fan of something like people don't understand how much like Mm -hmm. labor and like and like effort and intelligence that takes to like you know vibe with something so much that you're like wow I really really you know I really really like this artist for these reasons and it's then just trivialized to like well she just thinks he's hot I agree I feel like it was so like back in the art like back when we were growing up right like there was Justin Bieber and then there was One Direction I'm saying this completely honestly like I was one of those people that was like posters everywhere like I was like absolutely obsessed and like to a point where I myself also felt like okay like I'm just like really obsessed with them because they're hot like it's not it's not like that is definitely a thing but there was like an emotional like this made me happy like you can't like it's different like if listening to like what makes you beautiful made me genuinely like, to this day I feel like internal happiness and like mm-hmm. I think that is not because Zane is hot it is because yeah. like it brings me so much happiness for whatever reason it is like I just feel like at that point in my life I felt like more seen which was the weirdest thing but like that is like everyone likes things for certain reasons and it's so easy to be like oh yeah they're fans like it's weird to yeah. be a fan. No, it's not. It's so cool to be a fan. Like, it is the 100%. most amazing thing, yeah. Oh, my God. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, there's so many. And I, I agree with you that it's, like, that is a part of it, too, is, like, you know, idolizing and admiring mm-hmm. the person that you are the fan of. Um, and then on top of that, it's just consuming art in a really cool and intense way. And, like, right. I... Mm-hmm. proudly a fan like I call I consider myself as like part of many artists fandoms like Ari, I'm mm-hmm. a proud Ariana Grande fan like I am her ride or die like you know fan <laughs> you know so it's something like I I see a lot of artists who are like hesitant you know hesitant to admit that they themselves are fans of other artists and like it's just like an mm-hmm. interesting dichotomy of like why is that something that we're like scared of to you know to say like it's a great yeah. thing yeah you know <laughs> All right, so what can the fans expect from you next? I'm sure you have lots of exciting stuff planned, but if you could give us a little sneak peek. 
that'd be great <laughs> oh gosh yes oh um well the first thing I want to say is um I am so excited about what's coming like I think that's just like a blanket like uh so I took a little bit of time after I released Achilles heel I was so excited about Achilles heel to do a, a really intense kind of deep dive into who I am as a musician really like taking a look a hard look at what I had in terms of music and like thinking about what directions I wanted to take as an artist and in that mm-hmm. vein like it was so exciting to welcome um, you know, amazing industry, you know, people who who really understand music and are just like really enthusiastic about what I'm doing into my team. And to then now realize that there are people who are like, actually supporting me and in, in the vision that I have for who Jemaya is and what Jemaya wants to do. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I've kind of been doing for the last couple of months is just like really assessing who I am. And I, I've never felt more excited about my music, about the directions that I'm taking, I think, as a result of that reflection. So I'm really excited to share that I have a new song coming out oh next month. It is a song I'm so excited about. You guys are the first to know. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Thank you, guys. I feel like it's been, I feel like it's so like, it's been so long since I put out Achilles heel, but it has also gone by like this. And so I'm really excited to put out, yeah. to start putting out music. And I do want people listening to know that like, this is like, once I, I'm going to, this, there's a lot more music that's going to come and like more projects and stuff. And so mm-hmm. this is going to start with the one next, next month. And then there's going to be a lot more coming. And um, I'm really excited about this song. It's something so cool. I feel so, 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 so good about. I will say if you liked the Greek mythology illusions in Achilles heel, I think you'll really love this next song. Um, I won't, I'm not allowed to say too much or more about, <laughs> but it's definitely in the same same world and I'm so excited about that and um on top of that something that I've been really thinking long and hard about is figuring out new like platforms to start sharing some of my music because mm-hmm. what I love about mm-hmm. TikTok is that it's you know a really intimate wonderful environment to kind of connect with fans what I don't like about TikTok is that it has a 60 second mm-hmm. limit on videos so yes. <laughs> I want to find a new platform to start sharing more of my like long form demos. Cause I have a lot of music kind of in the vault that I would love to, mm-hmm. to start sharing with my amazing um, online community. So you can definitely expect to see me on mm-hmm. YouTube, um, posting tons of demos and stuff, which ah! I, Woo, woot, woot. <laughs> um, that is so cool thank you guys I'm just I'm so excited about everything and like things are really moving in such an amazing positive direction and it's so great that like there are people who are like really just aligned with my vision and like are like really mm-hmm. supporting in this in so many different ways so that's what I'm really excited about and yeah this is just this is the beginning for J Maya like I'm really in in this for the long haul I just moved to LA this is my life now and I'm really excited about it (laughs) that is so amazing honestly I'm so excited to see what comes out because Achilles heel threw me for a loop dude it's been on like everywhere I'm going and I'm like guys guys listen to this song like, we'll listen to it. it's like part it's also like in my like um I have a playlist that's just like all of my like right now favorite stuff so like it's in that so whenever I'm like shuffling right like I'll hear like once every two days or something and I'm like yeah that's why I know all the lyrics I don't know what I'm saying I'm like, oh my gosh I love that it's like me singing in like in like Hindi like <laughs> in Bollywood and like I'm just like I think it's this yeah I know it's so funny 
<laughs> so exactly. First of all, I'm freaking so flattered that you decided to announce that on the pod. Like, I know that's such an honor. So Thank cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is yeah. I posted like a little like teaser that something was coming yesterday, but I'm like so mm-hmm. so stoked to share more about this song and like of course like you guys are amazing thanks for listening oh my god yeah of course all right girl so the next segment that we have are rapid fire questions do not worry these are like more just about you and like fun stuff but are you ready oh heck yes i'm so excited (laughs) okay when you're not working how do you like to spend your time uh tiktok and watching netflix and writing and getting boba (laughs) in that order (laughs) what was the first concert that you went to oh my gosh it was justin bieber um in middle school in middle school it's i i still remember but my first like concert that i actually remember the first concert that i like uh, i went to myself was mm-hmm. pentatonics okay what's your hidden talent oh um my hidden talent is um uh, 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 everything i whistling 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 sorry that took Ooh. so long give me a demonstration <laughs> oh my god I know it's so random. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh my god! You're not just like a whistler. You're like a blonde. You're whistler. a whistler. You're like this is actually the new career. I love that. Uh, if you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, who would it be and why? Oh, I love that question, and I think about it all the time. Probably, <laughs> um, probably like. Ariana Grande or like Billie Eilish someone who's just like mm. like chart topping like what would that feel like you know must feel good we yeah, talk great. about that cover she looks amazing oh, she's <laughs> insane like that like I get like she's changing up her look and stuff like that and I'm just like queen do whatever you want you're gonna pull it off Honestly. amazingly clearly <laughs> This is kind of off topic, but I saw a TikTok today that was like female artists have to like reinvent themselves a couple years just mm-hmm. to stay like relevant. And I think Taylor Swift talked about that. And what in Miss Americana is that? What yeah, it yeah, yeah. Talked about that. I thought that was like kind of interesting because I was like, you're right. I don't know many male artists that like have transformed over the years. I think I saw that too. And I think the only like artist that's actually like only like male artists is coming to head. There, I'm sure there are many, but like mm-hmm. that's coming to head that's actually adapted to like new music styles even is Drake. Like, yeah, Drake. He yeah. can do anything. This man, yeah. like, he wouldn't be that yeah. good. Like, some he's not really good at drill rapping, but he he does it and he owns it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's I think that's really dope. But then you have like people like the baby or Migos. No, you're so right. I think it's such an interesting at a point. I mean, it's also like age, like ageism mm. in the industry as well. Mm-hmm. Like, women have an expiration date, and like mm. you can't you have to like you, you. It's like a ticking clock. Like you, you have to yeah. like make it before the certain age which I think is really messed up but I mean I'm really excited that people like Billy and stuff like Billy what I really appreciate about Billy and also like Ariana to an extent like Mm -hmm. um is they like they they're as they like become bigger they assert more and more control instead of the opposite you know what I mean like this last album was like fully her artistic control and vision and like billy like you can tell that like as she gets bigger and bigger like she has so much more of a say and like what she's putting out and stuff which is really cool yeah. so I think that's like flipping the script 
Okay. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Oh my gosh. First is uh, for my therapist last week, which was really life changing, but um, stop thinking about what you should do and what you start thinking about what you want to do. So like, I've been pretty open about this online, but I have like really bad OCD and, uh, and like anxiety as well. But like my OCD, the way that it manifests is I like tell myself I have to do things you know what I mean? So like, I have to knock on wood three yeah. times or I have to complete certain actions or even I have to think about certain things. But like the way that that was really helpful was like, if you go through life and you start thinking about like, because I'm always programmed to like, what should I do? What should I, what, what should I do? If you start thinking about mm-hmm. like, what do you want to do in this moment? Then like, that's been really like influential mm-hmm. and happy. Another piece of advice is my, from was from my dad, which is like, all of us have different parts in us maybe I'm going to butcher this quote. I have I have it in my like quote book, but it's like all of us have different parts to ourselves and like becoming an adult is acknowledging that and like trying to reconcile mm-hmm. them, you know? So I think that was like a really special way to think because like I always would get confused when I was like, well, sometimes I'm like this and sometimes I'm like this. And I think being an adult, like growing up is realizing that like things don't have to make sense all the time, but like they, they are right. the way they are, right. you know? That's, that's really beautiful. And like, I think I also get lost in that as well. Like just being like, there's moments where I don't feel like the same person. And that's, that's normal. That's what makes me function the way that I do. So I love that. What's your favorite memory? So I was in an amazing acapella group in college. Honestly, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say two memories. The first is I had such a good time. Senior sunset. Vigenzi, no, I don't know. It was just such a great. It was, such it was a great so night. fun. It was so special. Before it got really bad at the end, but at the beginning, it was really nice. <laughs> I had a great time. Anyway, it was it was it was it was a time. I really yeah enjoyed that. Um, so senior sunset was one, and then the mm-hmm. second is my freshman year of college. My acapella group. Um, we did a tour in San Francisco, so we spent the week in San Francisco. So we spent half the week at my house, like all of us, like in this room, just chilling. Oh my God. <laughs> it was sweet. Yeah. It was super nice. I had a because um I was I was a baby at the time, so I was like mm-hmm. uh, I was the mm-hmm. only freshman in the group at the time. So I like oh. it was like I felt very cool. Like all these upperclassmen were like hanging out with me, and it was awesome. Right. <laughs> I mean, to get a bunch of college kids to stay with your parents. You've got to be cool for that. That's a power move. I know. It's a power it move. No, I'm kidding. I, I mean, I, they just have to be there. So, but they were great. I remember one of my favorite memories is he just uh, he woke me up at 3 a.m. And he was like, he was there with like one of his other, one of the other Maritals. And they were like very panicked looking. And they were like, Jenny. <laughs> I was like, yes. And they're like, um, your toilet might be clogged. Oh, no. <laughs> they were waking me up to like tell my parents correctly so they were like yeah can you tell your parents can you go into your parents room and tell them that the closed toilet isn't working and it's clogged and they were like close to my god (laughs) and then they left like because i was just like no it's okay guys like you just go to sleep like my parents said they'll deal with it in the morning and then so they they like wrote this like handwritten note this like really long note and put it on our bathroom door that was like from the bottom of our our hearts we are so sorry that this happened (laughs) so funny anyways i have tons of that is so wholesome so funny Ooh, whoa there's three three of this one love language enneagram how do you is my pronounce enneagram Enneagram. and um your myers-briggs you know Ooh. Um, I think ENFP for Myers-Briggs. 
Grace. Cool. I might be wrong. Though. I probably should retake it. I don't know my Enneagram. I've somebody, everyone's been telling me to take it. And I definitely will have to after this. Uh, after mm-hmm. this. And my love language is, um, oh my God, I literally did this test the other day. Um, it is words of affirmation and acts of service. Ooh, yeah. What about you guys? Can I, I think I'm acts of service and words of affirmation and uh, quality time. It was like a tie between the three and physical touch was at the end. Like 0%. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, mine is my first month act of service. I know it's kind of bitchy, but I also like doing them too. Like, it's not like just like they do it for me. My second one is gift giving. And Ooh, I love that. more so me giving them rather than receiving them. Um, I can tell your gifts are always on point. <laughs> I hate I receiving gifts are, is kind of ass. Like, uh, and then it's like, you, um, no matter how much you love it, it's hard to explain how much you love it and oh like God. how much you feel yeah. so thankful. Then it's like it's always really awkward like the thank you part I don't know why I feel like I just forget all social cues during that point I'm just like I love it thank you and it's at that point you look fake and you're like I promise it's like so bad I swear I like it I'm just in my head oh my gosh and then yeah something like that and then the physical touches after that and stuff um my Enneagram I have not done and I probably should do that too because now I'm really curious my um what's it called my Myers Briggs is ENTP so we're close super close (laughs) wait Bubs what was yours I think my Enneagram was I think it was type nine I I think and then Myers Briggs was INFJ okay next question what's your biggest fear Oh. oh man um death <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> just direct <laughs> yeah, that's probably my biggest fear my second biggest fear is probably um superficially like heights like I get really scared mm. of heights higher I really mm. don't like the fire yeah. like I don't like when people like light matches and stuff it just really gets to me from like a social perspective fear of like not being liked that's like a big like Mm. like people not Mm. liking you which is probably really bad anyway (laughs) that was very telling (laughs) of myself (laughs) no you're good you're good okay top three favorite songs (gasps) oh my gosh this is like again going to be so biased to like songs that I heard like in the last month but that's how it is (laughs) okay top three current favorite songs current oh I love that okay um number one probably one of my favorite songs of all time is Contaminated by Banks. It is a masterpiece. I say I say it all the time when people ask me what my favorite song is. Um, number two is probably um, – oh, my God. There are so many. Uh, Fallout by Marianas Trench. It's such mm-hmm. a good song. I've, I've been going through my Marianas Trench, like, re-phase recently. Um, and my third is probably – um, I'm Yours by Jason Mraz. It's just such a classic. That's, that's like again very biased. Yeah, honorable <laughs> mentions: Bitter by Fletcher and um, uh, 
oh my gosh there's so many anyway I'll just leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) add these to my queue I don't feel like I know these off the top of my head and I have one more question you mentioned you love reading and you find a lot of inspiration from that so what are your top three favorite books oh I love the question (laughs) um my top favorite book of all time no no ambiguity it's just it's just my favorite book I always say it I've said it for the last five years lexicon by Max Berry changed my life (laughs) One like the best book I've ever read. Um, the quick premise: It's like a, a world in which, uh, basically, like a, a small group of people that he calls poets have mm-hmm. figured out a way to kind of, t- you know, if they tell you once they figure out your personality, they can just say words in a certain uh, order, and then they have like control of your mind, which is like it sounds very like supernatural, oh. but it's actually very like mm-hmm. the way that he describes it is very like linguistically and scientifically you know, explained. So it comes off pretty mm-hmm. realistic. Like you really, be- you buy into the book and the world and the premise, mm-hmm. you believe it. So that's really cool. And then it's awesome. like, this goes along and like ruins the world. Um, and then the <laughs> secondary book is probably Paper Towns by John Green. And my third mm-hmm. is probably just like all of the Percy Jackson series still. It's just, the- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last one and final, who is your celebrity crush? <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Mr. <laughs> Kelly. He's so good. Oh man. And the girlfriend. Yeah, honestly, both of them. They're both amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Megan Fox. Wow. Machine Gun Kelly. Wow. Both yeah. of them. Wow. Just like, wow. Couple. You know, there are those cl- couples, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, come, calm down. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I don't think to pop off this hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Honestly. Miles and Blake Lively. It's just like too too much. Like, please. Like, yeah. Yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> Their dynamic, I think, is what sets it over. Like, it's just yeah. like you guys are just like so catch, so funny. Like it's so like effortlessly funny that I'm like, yeah. Goals. Goals. <laughs> goals. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, amazing. Dude. This was this was so nice. I'm really glad. Like this is also the most amazing way, like we said, to catch up. I know. I love it. This was like. I mean, I love you both dearly. It is so oh. good to talk to you and just like hang. And also, like, I love what the show does and like oh. everything about it. So it's like pleasure all around. <laughs> Thank you again for coming on, dude. I really had a lot of fun. And um, you want to promote yourself, the stuff that's coming up, where people can find you, that whole thing. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so I'm Jay Maya. Um, you can look me up on Spotify, J Dot Maya. Definitely stream Achilles Heel in May. Stream uh, uh, to be titled song. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I post new content pretty much every day on TikTok. If you want new music, I post snippets of original songs pretty much like every day or every other day on Instagram and TikTok. My handle on TikTok and Instagram is J Dot Maya Music. Um, and I'll be creating a YouTube channel soon as well. So yeah, lots of places to see you guys. <laughs> that is so exciting. Go follow her on everything. <laughs> Aww, everything will be guys. in the bio. All right, guys. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.